Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Just moments ago, President Joe Biden wrapped up a speech and press conference laying out his budget proposal for the 2023 fiscal year. Uh, really laying out the priorities. That's that's obviously what a budget does. It sets out the priorities and the values. And the president really broke that down into a, a couple of key components in terms of uh, fiscal responsibility. He spent a good chunk of the first portion of his speech uh, tying things back to President Trump. He talked about Trump deficits, Trump spending, Trump uh, tax cuts, uh, and laid a lot of that and tried to uh, really frame it, I think, in terms of, hey, this is the responsibility of what I inherited when it comes to the economy. So that was an in- interesting tact. I don't think it was very effective for the president to try to go back one more time uh, to what was instead of just laying out uh, what is and what comes next. Uh, when he did get down to the brass tax, it was about taxes, uh, and uh, he had a lot to say about that. We're going to go to some interesting comments from Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful from ABC shark tank uh has some interesting thoughts about the president's tax proposals uh but quickly there were also a couple of other things that were important uh in terms of uh where the president went the focus obviously security was a big issue how to beef that up both at home and abroad uh he also talked about what he calls his build a better america agenda uh, which looks like build back better or build back before what was better before. Uh, it's all the same things. Uh, child care, college grants, tax credits uh, for solar, clean energy agenda, uh, all of that. Uh, again, kind of a repackaging, repurposing of the build back better agenda is now the better America agenda. We'll see where that goes. And then finally, the unity agenda, which, of course, he laid out during the State of the Union speech attacking uh, opioids, mental health, veterans, and cancer. And we'll break more of those down as we go along. But I want to get into, the, of course, the, the big heart of it, which was the president continued to go back to this idea of let's make sure that uh, millionaires and billionaires and big companies pay their fair share. And uh, that, again, a great tagline, a great way to position things as the debates begin for the 2022 election cycle. Uh, and so as we look at where all of this budget conversation goes, which won't be very many places, uh, but Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful uh, from ABC Shark Tank, was uh, on Squawk Box this morning on CNBC, and he responded to the president's uh, billionaire tax proposal with just a little bit of, eh, it sounds good, but not so fast, my friends. Let's ask ourselves a question uh, about policy. And, and simply this, 
If you take the 400 people this is really going to affect, they're some of the most extraordinary individuals that have ever created businesses in America. Elon Musk and Amazon Outcome and everything else. There's thousands and thousands of jobs have been created, billions in taxes have been paid. But here's the fundamental issue. If you want to take Elon Musk money from him while he's alive, because remember, we're getting it from when he's dead. The state tax is going to clean him out when he's dead. But why take his money now when he's creating all these jobs and all this innovation? Maybe you like him, maybe you don't like him. But the facts are this. He took the excess capital from creating a brand new industry in electric cars and went into space in a way that the government never could. He beat them at their own game. We need people like that. Uh, that's, I think, again, moment for you, regardless of where you fall on the uh, the president's tax proposal. Uh, Kevin uh, O'Leary went on to say uh, this is not good policy. It's not good policy because it forces entrepreneurs like Elon Musk and others to take even bigger risks. If Elon Musk wants to borrow against his stock and it collapses for whatever reason, and there's many times in the stock market and in history where great companies hit a road bump and the stock yep. gets cut in half. AMC, if you borrowed money against that, you would have a margin call and you'd be wiped out. He's taking huge risks. Right, but, but, that is not good policy. Uh, so the, the policy, I think, is the, the issue that he's really getting at. Uh, Kevin also said uh, the billionaire tax policy just really isn't the American way. I love entrepreneurship. I'm good with the jobs created by Elon Musk and the tax he's paid. I mean, he's the poster boy for this nightmarish policy. My point is, this is not what created America. This is not why I came as an immigrant to America. I wanted a big market, access to capital, and to create a business. I was very fortunate, and I've paid a lot of money in taxes, and I'm okay with it. But this is attacking them for their success. It's un-American. And then finally, uh, Kevin O'Leary, again, Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank, uh, thinks this will actually hurt President Biden in the midterms. And I predict this, not that I want to get into politics, Biden is going to get decimated in the midterms. Even his own party, the, the, the entrepreneurs in his own party, and I've talked to 30 plus of my CEOs, think this idea is insane. All right, so uh, some very strong thoughts about the president's tax policy uh, and that approach. And again, I think the main thing that uh, Mr. O'Leary is really pointing out is let's make sure we, we can all say, okay, everyone pay your fair share. Good bumper sticker slogan. That that works. We get it. Uh, but we have to make sure uh, that uh, we're incentivizing the right thing, right? What gets incentivized gets repeated. And if you incentivize investment and risk-taking and job creation – and innovation, then that's what you're going to get on the backside. Uh, and so it's a, it's a really interesting cautionary tale, especially as the, the president just had barely unveiled, uh, his, uh, agenda and his, uh, budget for two, uh, for 2023. Uh, and so this is going to lead to a very interesting set of conversations, uh, as we go through the next couple of months. I'm going to be very interested to see what Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi and leader in the Senate Chuck Schumer do with the president's budget proposal. Again, it's, it's an outline. It's a framework. And the question will be, do the two of them feel like now is the time to have that conversation or is September the time to have those conversations? And I'm very fascinated to see what they think the best and winning strategy is for Democrats. Of course, Republicans will have their own version of that. Uh, and that will be debated back and forth. Uh, but again, the president really broke it down into a couple of core areas. Uh, the unity agenda, which he talked about at the State of the Union address. 
uh, the Build a Better America agenda, uh, the Child Care College Grants tax credit, uh, clean energy uh, incentives, and so on. Uh, and then, of course, security being a big one, both in the community. He talked about funding the per- police. The president did go back, I think, in an important way to this idea of it's not about defunding the police. It's about funding and creating the right kind of partnerships and environment uh, for security to happen, to for trust and confidence to be rebuilt. And then, of course, on the global stage, uh, some increases in uh, military spending, defense spending. And the president, I thought this was uh, one of his better moments in this uh, presentation today, uh, was that he said, you know, some even in my own party uh, don't like the fact that we're going to increase defense spending, uh, but we live in a different world. This is a different time, and it's going to require different choices. I thought that was good positioning by the president in terms of, of his budget, especially as it relates to increases uh, in spending. Uh, and then, of course, we had the uh, the tax policy and then the framing around uh, where we've been in terms of uh, our budget process. My biggest hope uh, is that Congress would take this proposal, this framework from the president and go to work. There are committees that can put forward uh, the pieces that are important to this budget. Uh, they can vote those out of committee. They can vote for those individually, one by one, on the floor of the House and the Senate as outlined in the Constitution. That's what they're supposed to do. Uh, and if they do that, they could they could get it all done and be all ready before September even gets here. Uh, sadly, my prediction is that nothing will happen between now and September. The clock will be ticking. We'll be in an election year. Uh, nobody wants to shut down the gov- government right prior to a... Uh, an election and so they'll come up with a big massive awful sandwich and they will present to the members of the house and the senate both democrats and republicans alike and say you either have to vote on this monstrosity i predict it will be over three thousand pages long that nobody will have read and you either have to take it or shut down the government prior to your election take your choice and my friends that is a false choice, and we got to reject it. All right, stay with us. Much more to come on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Darlene McDonald has thrown her hat into the ring as a candidate in Utah's fourth congressional district. She's going to join us coming up next. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.